on this week's show, the Jets finally fire a coach, and it's not who you think, and Michigan will not lose to Ohio State. In our two-minute history lesson, we tell the story of NFL games that have been played on Wednesdays. As we record on this beautiful Wednesday, that and much more this week in the world of football. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 174 for December 9th, 2020, a day late, but still a dollar short. I am your host, Randy Snow, and across the table for me, as always, is my son, Adam. Stealing my jokes, as always. (laughs) Yeah, we're recording a day late because there was a Tuesday night football game again last night, the second one of the season, and uh, we knew that was probably going to happen, so here we are recording on a Wednesday. And if you stick around to the end of the episode, we got a very special surprise for y'all. That will be deleted. No, it will not. Yeah, it will. We come to you each week from the world of football man cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. From the NFL to the CFL to the XFL, college, high school, indoor, and arena football, we inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So let's review what happened this past week, starting with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. That's right. We have to pick up from our to-be-continued last week because when we last left you all, I'm sure you recall that we were... uh, Awaiting the Wednesday night game between the Steelers and Ravens, and we have those results first before we jump back into Week 13 action from this uh, past week. So, last week we saw the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers continue their winning ways, defeating the Baltimore Ravens 19-14 to in what was surely a snoozer. I know, I fell asleep during this game. It was so boring. I don't even remember uh, watching it. It was, <laughs> it was just kind of background noise. It was cool to see it on the TV. Apparently, it broke so many ratings records. Like, they compared mm. it to the NBA Finals. Mm. Uh, you know, like, almost doubling and tripling NBA Finals numbers. And it was a Wednesday NFL game. Mm. It, and it was one of the most boring NFL games I'd ever seen. Well, uh, you know, the the Steelers did improve to 11-0. So, I mean, that everybody was looking at that. Half the people were waiting to see them, you know, lose. And the other half were waiting to see them win well, and continue to I be undefeated. I that far. I think people were just like, there's football on TV. And that's the power of football. Yeah. As yeah. we... No, it's so yeah, yes, and the, Wednesday night was a rare thing. So yeah, so the Pittsburgh Steelers come into week 13 undefeated. More on that later. <laughs> but we're going to start things off. There was no Thursday night game because of all the schedule shuffling. Right. Uh but we will start with the Cleveland Browns shocking the Tennessee Titans 41-35. This is Cleveland's 6th game with 30 plus points this season. That is the most since 1987, and they are 9 and 3, which means they are over 500 for the first time I believe since 2007 or 2008. Yeah, it's their first winning season in in a long time. Long time. And yeah. I mean, they looked great Baker Mayfield threw a couple of great touchdown passes during the game. The Browns just looked unbelievable, especially ahead of now they're going to be playing I think Baltimore or Pittsburgh this week? I forget. Uh, one of those two, we'll, we'll get to the picks later, and yeah. we'll look at the schedule. But looking forward to that. Uh, so congratulations, Cleveland. They improved to 9-3. and three. Who'd have thought? Yeah, really surprised that uh, Tennessee did not walk away with that game. I mean, yeah, it was we... in Tennessee, so 
you know, I always favor the home team, but yeah, good for the Browns going on the road and getting a win against a solid team. Speaking of teams going on the road, the Las Vegas Raiders got a last second win over the New York Jets in New York, 31 28. Uh, this game will forever be remembered as the game where the Jets ran an all out zero cover blitz. And the Raiders were able to throw that heck of a touchdown pass to end the game and win it. Uh, you know, eventually getting a coach fired, and it's not the coach <laughs> that everybody thought would get fired. Yeah. It, in, instead of it being head coach Adam Gase, it was actually defensive coordinator Greg Williams, who a lot of people will be familiar with that name because he was also that coach famous for the Bounty Gate scandal mm. with the New Orleans Saints several mm. years ago. Hmm. Uh I think he can coach a defense. He was also the interim head coach with the Cleveland Browns there for a little bit. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, you run a zero-cover blitz uh, at the end of the game. Uh, you don't look too smart. Yeah, I was really rooting for the Jets. I, I don't I don't think this was on TV. We didn't see this, did well, we? Well, at least not locally for yeah, us. Yeah, so we you know, we just kept looking at the score, and, and I, I kept seeing that. You I mean, know, they showed highlights during the, the game. Yeah, the, the Jets were ahead, but, oh, man, I, I wanted them not to, you know, to lose this game nobody wants to see their team go 0 and 16 we know the the pain of that so i don't oh, want to see anybody well. do that again but but uh yeah this the fact that they blew it at the end where they they should have won that game very disappointing um sorry jets fans uh maybe next week maybe next week but also from this game how about the play of darren waller the tight end for the uh raiders 13 catches 200 yards Two touchdowns on 17 targets. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that is the most by a tight end in team history. And he, if you had him in your fantasy leagues, uh, congratulations, because he <laughs> got you 40-something points. Mm. Uh, so, heck of a game by him. Unbelievable. I believe he's the – you remember a couple years ago on the hard knocks uh, with the Raiders. I believe he was the one who had all the drug problems that they put, brought to the team. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, he turned his life around, and kudos to him. I mean – he was kind of one of those underdog stories going into that year, and he's really blossomed into a heck of a tight end. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember him. Yeah, go back and watch that. He's one of the most interesting aspects of that uh, run of the hard knocks. All right. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings escaped the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-24 in overtime. Uh, man, the Vikings almost gave this one away, but the Jaguars ended up throwing a crucial interception in overtime that gave the Vikings decent field position and behind the running of Derrick Henry got down to the one yard line, kicked a field goal and ended that game. But then also rookie wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. How about this guy? Five games with a hundred plus receiving yards. That's a Minnesota rookie record. That includes Randy Moss. He is out. Hmm. Randy Moss, Randy Moss. Wow. Uh, he's put himself in elite company. The just Jefferson, um, heck of a player. Uh, also um, uh, on my fantasy team and plays lights out. This guy has been something else. And uh, yeah, nine catches, 121 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. He's just unbelievable. I believe he's a really close to breaking the rookie receiving yards record from Randy Moss for the Vikings. So that's something else to keep an eye out for. So, I mean, the Vikings sitting at 6-6 six and six are kind of a scary team when those weapons are firing on all cylinders. Speaking of a team that's scary when firing on all cylinders, the Detroit Lions behind interim head coach Daryl Bevel come, be- come from behind for the first time since 2014 to defeat the Chicago Bears 34-30. Uh, 
That's six straight losses for the Bears this season for the first time since 2002. And if you watch this game as closely as we did, uh, the Bears gave this game away. I mean, the Lions offense was able to move down the field. Both offenses, really. Yeah. But it literally came down to two crucial plays at the end of the game. The Lions forcing a fumble on quarterback Mitchell Trubisky and the Lions getting a crucial stop on a fourth and one uh, at the end of the game to seal it up. Yeah, I really didn't think Detroit was going to win this game. All game long, they were they were down by 10 points or 3 points. It is, they couldn't get close to uh, to the Bears, and it just it looked real bad. And I was already resigned that Detroit was not going to win this game. And then, you know, when they when they knocked the ball out of uh, the quarterback's hands there at the end, right about the what was what the, around the 20-yard line? Or no, it was it was like within the 10. You know, okay. Yeah, 10, yeah, way deep in their territory. Then I said, oh, my gosh, now we've got a chance. But up until then, I really uh, figured they'd find a way to run out the clock or get a couple of first downs or whatever. Right. Man, it was such a uh, wild ending. This was Matthew Stafford's 31st come-from-behind win in his career and the 10th time that he's thrown for over 400 yards in a game. I think he had, what, 402, 402? Yeah, just over 400 Oh, yeah, uh, Matthew Stafford was 27 of 42 for 402 yards, yeah. throwing three touchdowns and one interception. Uh, this is one of Stafford's best games in a long time. He was able to sling it. We saw him calling out guys, like pointing down the right, field, saying, yeah. I'm heaving it to you. Yeah. <laughs> and making it. And I think he just um, he had the longest air pass this week. It's, yeah. I, I don't know if it's like a new stat, uh, how the NFL phrase it. Uh, let me find that real quick. It's in my phone. But that, yeah, that one touchdown that he threw to uh, uh, Quintez Cephas, your, your new favorite. I couldn't receiver. think of his first name. I, I just knew Cephas. Uh, I mean, he's dropped some balls uh, all season long, but boy, he sure made up for it uh, catching that in the in the front corner of the end zone. Uh, just a, a beautiful pass and beautiful uh, reception. And yeah, Stafford did you know point to the end zone to tell him get going. I'm throwing it down there. Yeah. And, and, wow, that great touchdown. A lot there. of other stuff from this game really quick. Adrian Peterson surpassed Hall of Famer Jim Taylor uh, for the most rushing touchdowns against the Bears now with 15. Hmm. Uh, so kudos to Adrian Peterson. We all kind of, as Lions fans, get on him for not being super electric. But he was efficient and did what he needed to get yep. into the end zone. Yep. Definitely ran over a guy. Um, Adrian Peterson also surpassed Hall of Famer Jim Brown for the third most games with two-plus rushing touchdowns since 1950 with 27. Hmm. Adrian Peterson's five-yard score in the fourth quarter was his 117th career rushing touchdown, which is the fourth most in NFL history. Oh, man. A lot lot of Lions players, you know, uh, breaking records. The Lions have scored 20-plus points in 11 of their first 12 games of a season for the second time in the Super Bowl era. And that was 2013. So, a lot of stuff from this game. Uh, entertaining if you're a Lions fan. Heartbreaking if you're a Bears fan. Yeah, that's six in a row for the Bears that they lost. Yep. After, and uh, after don't worry, that Bears fan I know at work uh, wasn't throwing any insults <laughs> this week. He was very quiet. <laughs> yeah, there were some memes uh, that were thrown out there uh, before and after the game uh, uh, based on the Lion King. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the Bears thought they were going to run all over Detroit, and it came they back. They almost to bite did. Them. They literally did yeah. run all over Detroit. They had yeah. three rushing touchdowns in the first half, which I think they said is like the most they've had in a long time. I forget yep. that stat, but anyway, we'll move on. The Cincinnati Bengals fell to the Miami Dolphins, nineteen to seven. This is Miami's best start to a season since two thousand and three. That's right, Miami's eight and four. They are in playoff consideration, considering that they're juggling back and forth between quarterbacks. Yeah, they haven't really settled on one. I mean. 
one week. I mean, one week Fitzpatrick looks great. Then you right. throw two in there. Tua looks good for a game, then gets hurt or looks bad. Right. Who knows with the Dolphins? Yep. Uh, also, who knows? How about those Colts? They're up and down. Twenty-six to twenty over the Houston Texans. Indianapolis is twenty-eight and nine all time against the Houston Texans. Uh, that's a seventy-five point seven percent win percentage. <laughs> Just so you know, hmm. yeah. The Atlanta Falcons uh, lost to the New Orleans Saints twenty-one sixteen. This also helps the New Orleans Saints clinch the first playoff spot of the season. Uh, behind Taysom Hill, filling in for Drew Brees, and is Taysom Hill the future of this franchise? That's the big know. question now. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, going into Seattle, the Seahawks dropped one surprisingly to the New York Giants, seventeen to twelve. This score was five nothing at halftime for the Seahawks. Seahawks had a lock on that game, and then the second half is a totally different story. Hmm. The Giants have now won four straight games for the first time since twenty sixteen. And because of this win, they had first place in that NFC least over there. So the Giants <laughs> could be a team to reckon with in these final weeks of the season. The Los Angeles Rams totally ran over the Arizona Cardinals 38-28. to That score not indicative of how the Rams dominated that game. This is now seven straight wins against the Arizona Cardinals for those Rams. The New England Patriots showed up to a football game, and we can't say so much for the Los Angeles Chargers who lost 45 to nothing. We thought the Lions 20 nothing loss to the Panthers was bad. 45 nothing to the New England yeah, Patriots that's... is the largest deficit in franchise history. Ouch. Yeah, the the Chargers are also eliminated from playoff contention. Yes. I think they're only the second team. Them and the Jets. And the Jets, yeah, but they're officially out. Which um, is we well actually that should be 3 because the Jaguars are 1 and 11. So I think that makes 3. Hmm. Uh, no, I haven't I haven't seen that but but I do know that they did say the Chargers were definitely out of contention now. Yeah. All right. The Philadelphia Eagles have had quarterback troubles, and going into this game, no different. They fell to the Packers 30-16, to where we saw Carson Wentz pulled for Jalen Hurts, rookie quarterback out of Oklahoma and Alabama. And they've also said that Hurts will start this week for hmm. the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, and for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers just did Aaron Rodgers things. Aaron Rodgers looked incredible. Uh, to our Lions' heart dismay. Uh, the Packers are now 12-2 and at home in the Matt LaFleur era, which is uh, last season to this season. Uh, very impressive. Aaron Rodgers also threw his 400th career touchdown pass, which mm. was a cool moment for him. Devontae Adams giving him the ball back, kind of kneeling and holding the ball out for him to take. So say what you will about Aaron Rodgers. The dude can play, and he might be arguably the best quarterback in the league. Yes, there's a Patrick Mahomes out there, but Aaron Rodgers has been doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. But speaking of that, Patrick Mahomes, he got the win over the Broncos, 22-16 to on Sunday Night Football. Um, the play from this game people are talking about, though, and I showed you this highlight, was the touchdown catch that was called not a catch, which was not even reviewed Yeah, and was followed up by a punt, which was super weird. Uh, wide receiver Tyreek Hill was in the end zone. Defender covered him very well. Uh, but the ball kind of just hit, popped up in the air. Both players fell to the ground, and the ball kind of fell right into the face mask slash hands of Tyreek Hill. But he thought it hit the ground. The refs thought it hit the ground. Everybody thought it hit the ground until you looked at it in slow motion, and Al Michaels pointed out that didn't hit the ground. Yeah. And nobody challenged it, and they just punted it away. So a sad, awesome touchdown 
doesn't yeah. exist. It it did look like it was a touchdown. It, it wasn't conclusive from the angles that we saw, but there uh, might have yes, there might have been a different angle that showed it. There even was better. definitely an angle that showed it, but better. it was definitely worth reviewing, and nobody even bothered to review it. Yeah. So I that's, it that's where the tragedy is. But regardless, the Chiefs won 22-16 over the Denver Broncos, who did have their quarterback this week. And the uh, Chiefs also clinched a playoff spot. Yes, and they are 11-1 and to start uh, for the second time in team history to start a season 11-1. and uh, The second time, first time being that 2003 season. So the Chiefs looking like a formidable team, as always. Speaking of formidable teams, coming into this week, we talked earlier about that undefeated uh, Pittsburgh Steelers team. And unfortunately, they lost to the team with no name. The Washington football team came into Pittsburgh on a Monday night on a game that only 40% of the nation could see. Yeah, we didn't get that game. Which was upsetting because I was really looking forward to watching it. And they, it would have been a good one. They did re-show it later on that evening on NFL Network. And oh, well, a little good that does me. You were already, you'd already gone to bed, but it was being played uh, at the same time as the regular Monday night game. So I had one on recall, yeah. but I, I knew what the final outcome was. So um, it didn't really matter, but they did re-show I it. I wanted to watch Network. it live. Yep. Regardless, 23-17, the football team is right underneath the New York Giants for that first place spot in the NFC East at 5 and 7 and the Steelers fall to 11 and 1. This is also the first win against Pitts uh in Pittsburgh for the Steelers since week 12 of 1991. Uh, that's a long yeah, time. Who, who saw Washington going into Pittsburgh and, and winning that game? If you ask my coworker who's a Washington fan, it was him. <laughs> well, of course, Washington fan. And fans. then the next day claimed he was taking the day off to go help Washington get their Super Bowl rings uh, yeah. picked out. So yeah wheels i don't know but yeah great great win for washington yeah uh, i think uh, the coach mike tomlin for the steelers was upset with the way his team played uh, last oh, wednesday too. and he was chewing them out for you know barely winning that game and i guess he was right because you know the team got complacent and you know they didn't show up against uh, washington well they and... did have a, a, a lead for a while a 14 11 point lead right. something like that and they just blew it yep uh, so kudos to washington how about alex smith uh, comeback player of the year question oh, yeah. mark oh, yeah. uh, he's my leading candidate yeah who's done more than him this that's year true. yeah <laughs> coming back from injury from well, more adversity than, that's true than i mean i'm sure there's other players who have had good comeback years but i mean alex smith takes the cake yeah not this year all right the second monday night game was the buffalo bills trouncing the san francisco 49ers in arizona that's a weird sentence to yeah, say. yeah 34 24 san francisco is one in six at state farm stadium since 2014, I guess that also now includes making it their home stadium for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I guess uh, you know it's like the second game played there in uh, in just a few days, and uh, that field was kind of beat up. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw any of it, but I did see the field did look a little beat up, and yeah, obviously because Arizona played their home game there, right? And uh, with... on Sunday, and then this was Monday night, so I guess it was the very next day. Yeah, that's a tough turnaround for that field. Crew. Yeah. Yeah, because that's natural grass, you know. Yeah. And yeah, they they showed real. Cl- you couldn't see it from a from a far away angle, but when they zoomed in on the field, oh man, it was it was really tore up. Yeah. And then finally, the Tuesday night game, the game that delayed our podcast, the Baltimore Ravens defeated the Dallas Cowboys thirty four seventeen. Dallas now in last place in that NFC East. The Baltimore Ravens at seven and five. Baltimore's fifteenth win by fourteen plus points since. 2019 is the most in the NFL. And the big story kind of coming out of this game uh, is the fact that wide receiver Des Bryant, who was just activated to the active roster, 
found out while he was on the field during warm-ups that he had tested positive for COVID-19 and they removed him from the game and he kind of went to Twitter and said what had happened and that he's probably never playing football again now. Whatever. It's all weird and now the NFL has kind of been taking some heat, you know, like did they follow protocols? Hmm. And uh, this just in, the NFL does say it followed COVID-19 protocols with Ravens wide receiver Des Bryant. Supposedly, he had two inconclusive tests. Hmm. And supposedly under the rules, if you have inconclusive tests, it's supposed to be treated like a positive test. Mm. But it wasn't until he's out on the field they said it was positive. And uh, uh, some another wrinkle to this situation was that, you know, because of that's the active roster and they removed him at the last second, the Ravens couldn't find a replacement player for him, you know, to play the game. So the Ravens literally played shorthanded mm. for that game, which is interesting. So, yeah. Another COVID impact, and it's been uh, such a weird season all around. Now we got to keep an eye on the Dallas Cowboys because they said that uh, Bryant was talking with his former Dallas teammates uh, without a mask on mm. over by them. So we'll see what repercussions that has. But that <laughs> is it for the Week Thirteen scoreboard. Over to you for college. Woo. Okay. Well, so let's, much football. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the games that either got postponed or canceled. I think there were about 11 games last week, and and I think I saw a stat that said there's been 116 games so far in college, you know, major college football that have been canceled or or postponed. Uh, some of the games last week: Northwestern in Minnesota, Buffalo and Ohio in the MAC, Houston and SMU got canceled for the second time this season. They just can't get that game in, no matter what they do. Uh, Old Five and Number Five Texas got canceled, or I'm sorry, Texas A&M, and. Uh, the big one here, number four, Ohio State and Michigan, the game, uh, 100, what, 103 years in a row, that is being canceled because of uh, COVID-19 cases yeah, That's, that's for this Michigan upcoming team. week, not uh, for the previous week. Right, no. Yeah, for this upcoming week. I'm just saying you, you lumped it in with all when you, you normally talk about all Oh, this. yeah, you're right, I did, I did. Uh, but that, that Michigan, or uh, Ohio State is going to be allowed to play in the conference title game. Uh, there was talk that they weren't going to because they didn't have the six wins um, or six games. They've only played five, but they're five and zero. Oh. So it just came out a little while ago that yes, they're going to allow them. Uh, they're going to make an exception, which, on one hand, it doesn't sound right because that was the rules. But this is such a weird season. You you've got to take into account things you know happening that you're not uh, expecting, and right. this is one of those things. Uh, when you only had six games. To begin with, I think, or was it eight games they had? They had eight games. Okay. Well, see, it's just such a weird season. I, so I, I don't have a problem with them making the exception for Ohio State, even though I've been saying all along, how can you have a team that's only got a couple wins when other teams have played far more games and are undefeated, you know, ranked differently? And the real it's question, the real question is going to come down to the sacred college football committee. And what they do, and obviously we got the rankings we'll talk about after we do the scores, because normally we don't have the up-to-date rankings every week because we're recording hours before the rankings. Well, I didn't, I didn't actually print off the rankings this well, week. Well, I have them for you. Okay, so. okay that's fine. I mean, I, I did, get, get I did post them. scores first. I posted them on our uh, Twitter and Facebook feeds. All right, but let's talk about the games that were played last week. Number one, Alabama over LSU, 55-17. to Alabama is now 9-0 and on the season. It was number two, Notre Dame over Syracuse, 45-21. to That makes Notre Dame 10-0 and on the season. 
Number three, Clemson over Virginia Tech, 45 to 10. Clemson is now nine and one on the season, and Ohio State defeated Michigan State last week, 52 to 12, making Ohio State five and zero on the season. Uh, TCU upset number 15 Oklahoma State, 29 to 22. And to me, the game of the week, or maybe the game of the season. I mean, other than that first Clemson Notre Dame game in what week two, I think. Uh, this was a hell of a game, and we, we watched pretty much all of this game. Number 18, Coastal Carolina, upsets number 13, BYU, 22-17. to 17. Both teams were 9-0 and going into this game, and Coastal Carolina was supposed to play Liberty, and they, they've got a real good record, too. That in itself would have been a really good game to watch. I would have watched that game, but they had to back out because of COVID testing. So this game didn't actually come about until last Thursday. And uh, so, you know, short turnaround for that, that BYU had to travel all the way to South Carolina to get this game in. But Coastal Carolina is now 10-0, and 0, and uh, uh, in, in the rankings, these teams basically swap places in the college football rankings because Coastal Carolina was 18 and BYU was 13, and now in the newest rankings, Coastal Carolina is 13 and BYU is 18. Well, thanks for spoiling the rankings. Well, that's the only one. That's only one game, but... Uh, yeah, that was a great game. Uh, what what an exciting ending to oh, that yeah, game! Oh yeah, it was crazy. That last play, and, and everybody you know says that it reminds them of that Super Bowl between the St. Louis Rams and the Tennessee Titans, where he came down to the last play and the guy was a, a yard short. And this was basically the same thing. He got tackled at the one yard. I think line. this was a better tackle, but uh, yeah. Uh, well, so, they were both so great a shoestring tackles. tackle, but I mean, both. I mean, incredibly close. And, right. Boy, what a just how entertaining was this game? Yeah, I mean, that was great. At halftime, there was kind of a brawl going on because these, yep. these guys were hitting. They wanted this game, both these teams. Yeah. So this was probably the game of the year for me. I mean, I mean, up, it's up there <laughs> it with was that it's, uh, it's top, overtime thriller. We one had of the top with, two games of the season. Yeah, so but far. pick between this and the overtime thriller between uh, Notre Dame and Clemson so far. Those right. are probably the two best college right, games yeah. I watched. Yep. And for to, two totally different reasons. It's not like this was high scoring. This was just they were hitting. And I was just impressed with just how talented that Coastal Carolina team was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the first time we've actually seen them play all year. I mean, we've caught little bits and pieces of them, you know, flipping around. But we've been following them in the rankings. You know, they've come out of nowhere. They've only been an FBS school for four years. Uh, so you know, and yeah, you, you know me, I love the underdog. So I mean, that's it's just crazy when you for. see the rankings and you flip through and you see your typical, you know, fran- you know, teams, and all of a sudden there's this Coastal Carolina logo. You're yep. like, huh, one of these things is not like the others, but. Yep. They you, certainly belong. You throw in Liberty and a couple other teams. And Liberty, and... Liberty, I mean, didn't even make the top twenty-five this week. Which well, is a yeah, they didn't play last week, but I think they they've still got a, a decent, I mean, a really good record. All right, well, let's continue with the other scores of games from last week. Rice upsets and shuts out number twenty-one Marshall twenty to nothing. Stanford upsets number twenty-two Washington thirty-one to twenty-six. California upsets number twenty-three Oregon twenty-one to seventeen. It was Penn State over Rutgers, 23-7, and that was Penn State's 900th win in school history. Other FBS teams that have 900 wins are Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Texas, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Nebraska. So that's some pretty good company. I'm, I'm surprised uh, Penn State hasn't, hasn't joined that club till now, but uh, congratulations to them joining the 900 club. Uh, in other scores, it was Texas over Kansas State, 69 to 31. Wow. Uh, locally, this was a this was a real bummer. 
Yeah, we had to watch this on my laptop because it wasn't even on TV here in Kalamazoo. Eastern Michigan. Well, hold over... on, we threw it on the TV. Don't well, don't serve. But it came from my. No, it came from ESPN uh, Plus. Your ESPN Plus app, which was on the TV, because we used my phone internet <laughs> to stream it. You you're are right. welcome. You're you're right. You're right. But yeah, uh, Eastern Michigan over Western Michigan, 52, 53 to forty two. Uh, Western Michigan falls to four and one, but they are going to play Ball State this week for a spot in the MAC title game. Uh, I think uh, Ball State is—they're uh, also four and one. So yeah, the winner of that game goes to play uh, the, the Buffalo Bulls in the MAC championship game at Ford Field in a couple weeks. So go Broncos! In the Service Academy games, it was Air Force over Utah, Utah State or rather, thirty-five to seventeen. And it was number 24, Tulsa, over Navy, 19-6. to And that's it for our World of Football scoreboard this week. All right. Um, let's see. The only thing I've got in NFL news is uh, I watched the second episode of Peyton's Places this week. And uh, it was the whole show was just an interview with uh, Broncos, uh, Denver Broncos GM John Elway. And they were just talking about Elway's career and you know, where their careers had passed each other. Because they both were quarterbacks for Denver. Of course, Elway is much more uh, uh, cemented with that team because he played his whole career there. And right. Manning just came there for a couple of years towards the end of his career. And but, won them a Super Bowl. Yes, he did. Took them to a couple of them. Yes, he did. And uh, Don't yeah. don't sell Mr. Manning short. <laughs> but it was, it was good. I, I'm not a huge Elway fan, but... Uh, uh, it was a good interview. They had a lot of highlights from Elway's career going back to high school and, and uh, uh, his NFL career and everything. So it was it's worth watching. Uh, Peyton Manning does a great job on these shows. If you haven't checked it out, you'd better because Peyton's Places is a great series. All right, in some CFL news, uh, Edmonton announced the top ten names for, uh, the repla- for replacing the Eskimos nickname for their team that have been submitted by their fans. So here's the list of 10, 10 names. And they want to they want to stick with something that starts with the letter E because their helmet has the EE logo on it. And I think they want to keep the colors, keep the logo and everything. They're just looking for a new name. So this is what fans have submitted so far. Uh, the Elk, the Empire, the Eagles, the Energy, the Elite, the Edge, the Express, the Extreme, the Explorers, and the evolution. Uh, they're not saying that one of these is definitely going to be it, but that's what fans have submitted so far. But they do hope to have a new name in place by April. So, out of those ten teams or ten names, which one do you like? I literally just went through. Seventy percent of those names are trash, and I crossed them all out because I don't. <laughs> I don't think any of them work, or I just don't see why they would use that name. Hmm. My three favorite are the Elk, mm-hmm. the Empire. Mm-hmm. And the Explorers. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, with Eagles, come on, you already got the Philadelphia Eagles. Pick something different. Right, but there's no Eagles for a there, Canadian yeah, team. Yeah, but there's also, you know, I don't know. I just feel like hey, you could do better than Eagles. Energy just doesn't roll off the tongue. The Elite, get out of here. The Edge, get out of here. <laughs> Express, get out of here. Extreme, especially, get out of here. Mm. The Evolution's also a, a weird one. I just just none of those fit when I when I picture that that color scheme and that logo the green and gold the, that green and gold I could see the elk empire and explorers maybe that's about mm. it or other I'm sure maybe the franchise has got something better in mind well I 
I kind of like the Express. The first time I saw this, I thought, well, I like the Express because I, I love the you LA like Express. any team that's called the Express. <laughs> the LA Express from the USFL. I, I've always liked that name. But the more I think about it, the Elk. Elk, yeah. That is so Canadian. Uh, that just That's something that the people up in Canada would probably rally around. So I I can almost see them using uh, elk. Uh, if I were to pick a front runner, it's probably the M. Well, probably Empire. <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm I think it's cool they're still keeping the the, the logo, but it's right. just been a name change. Yep. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I like elk. I like eagles, and I like express. So those are the three that I kind of like. Okay. Moving on to some college news. Former Notre Dame head coach Lou Holtz receives the Presidential Medal of Freedom last week. I I saw this, but, you know, it didn't make the news or it didn't, you know, I only saw it on Twitter, I think, and, and that's the only place that I saw it. So this kind of came and went as a story. But wasn't it uh, earlier this year or sometime in the last year when Roger Staubach and Alan Page both got uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom also? Uh, um, you'd know better than I would. Yeah, I, I know they... They did. And I, just I thought it was here. earlier this year, but I don't. What is the criteria for for being awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom? I mean, can the president just give it to anybody that he thinks is uh, deserving of it, or is there a committee that votes? You know, on this, this could have used know. it could have used a little bit of research from our crack research staff, who sat on their hands all day. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. I haven't, I haven't thrown any jabs at the crack research staff in a while. I'm just saying, you know, they sit on their hands all day creating this little rundown for us to, to go through. And you think they'd have that question and go, gee, maybe I should look up the answer to this question I'm going to have instead of just throwing it out there into the ether. Maybe they wanted expecting us to it discuss to somehow this. slap me in the face. Maybe they just wanted us to discuss this a little bit well, and throw out our ideas on this. That's very presumptuous of them because <laughs> I think they could have just gotten the answer by Google. <laughs> but as far as I know, he was the only one there. And, and sometimes when they do these things, they'll they'll do two or three people at a time from different you know, uh, arts, literature, whatever, uh, movies. But I, as far as I know, he was the only one to get this. But congratulations to Lou Holtz uh, for getting for receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom last week. Moving on to some arena football news. Arena Football TV on YouTube has posted more games, and uh, uh, three of them that I want to highlight this week, uh, the Indiana Firebirds uh, versus the Toronto Phantoms from 2001. The... Buffalo Destroyers at the Grand Rapids Rampage from 2002. We had to have been at that game because we went to all the games in those days. Yeah, that was a season ticket year. Yeah, yeah, that was our second year of being uh, season ticket holders. And uh, another one was the Sacramento Attack against the Arizona Rattlers from 1992. I've never seen a game of the uh, Sacramento Attack. That was a team that came and went before we yeah. we got that's into what, arena football. This whole you know, so that's what arena, arena football, football TV is doing. All about is. Showing you these teams and players, you might recognize somebody that uh, that went on to a, an NFL career that you you know you are familiar with. So, yeah, check out uh, some of these games on Arena Football TV on YouTube. Highly recommend them. All right, we do have some obituaries this week. Uh, I had three, but uh, just a couple hours ago, another one came by. So we'll start with the first three that I had already done. Uh, the first one I have here is David Akers. He has passed away. No, 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 no. hold on. No, no. I'm Dave, sorry. David Akers is the current player. Uh, uh, Fred Akers. I'm sorry. Where did I get David from? Well, he was a current player or a more <laughs> recent player. Fred Akers has passed away at the age of 82. Akers was a running back in college at Alabama. 
He was an assistant coach at Texas under head coach Darrell Royal from 1966 to 1974, winning back-to-back college football national championships in 1969 and 1970. He then spent two seasons as the head coach at Wyoming in 1975 and 1976. Akers returned to to Texas and was the head coach from 1977 to 1986. During that time, Akers posted an 86-31-2 record at the school and produced the school's first Heisman Trophy winner in running back Earl Campbell. Akers finished his coaching career with Purdue from 1987 to 1990. His overall coaching record was 108-75-3, and he led his teams to 10 bowl game appearances. Akers was inducted into the Texas Athletic Hall of Fame, Hall of Honor, I'm sorry, in 2015, as well as the Texas Sports Hall of Fame and the Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame in 2016. All right, our next obituary is that of Jack Scarboth, the Heisman runner-up to running back Billy Vessels of Oklahoma in 1952, has passed away at the age of 90. Scarboth played college, uh, sorry, played quarterback in college at Maryland and was the third overall pick in the 1953 NFL draft by the Washington football team, back then known as the Redskins. He played for Washington in 1953 and 1954, then went on to Ottawa to play for the Rough Riders of the Canadian Football League in 1955. He returned to the NFL and finished his playing career with the Steelers from Pittsburgh in 1956. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1983 and the Maryland Athletic Hall of Fame in 1984. Our next obituary is that of Marv Marinovich, the father of NFL quarterback Todd Marinovich. He has passed away at the age of 81. Marv played played college football at USC and was the captain of the team that won a college football national championship in 1962. He was selected in the 12th round of the 1962 NFL draft by the Los Angeles Rams. He was also selected in the 28th round of the 1962 AFL draft by the Oakland Raiders. He signed with the Raiders and was with the team as a guard for three seasons, but he only played in one game in 1965. He then became the Raiders' strength and conditioning coach. Marv then became obsessed with training his son Todd to achieve the football success that had eluded him. Todd also played at USC and was the 24th overall pick in the 1991 NFL Draft by the Los Angeles Raiders. Todd was only with the team for two seasons in 1991 and 92 and started just eight games. Uh, He also played for the British Columbia Lions of the CFL in 1999, and he was with the Los Angeles Avengers of the Arena Football League in 2000 and 2001. There's a lot more to the story from what I could tell. Um, Marv Marinovich was just obsessed with getting his son into the NFL. He, he never let him eat at McDonald's. Uh, he never let him have any birthday cake, you know, just uh, uh, worried about what his son ate and, and exercised and just uh, uh, really not a, not the greatest father you know, when it comes to that. And, but he just, he wanted his son to achieve more than what he did. And sounds like that stereotypical, uh, Sports father? Yeah, sports father slash, yeah. I missed my chance, and I'm going to put all my hopes yeah. and dreams into you, kid. Yep, unfortunately. Kind of like my father does to me on this oh, podcast. Yeah, right. Oh, man. <laughs> Somebody call me a therapist. All right, our final obituary this week that you were able to dig up later uh, on this day. 
Ray Perkins, a head coach in college and in the NFL, has passed away at the age of 79. Perkins was a wide receiver in college at Alabama and won two college football national championships at the school in 1964 and 1965. He was selected in the seventh round of the 1966 NFL draft by the Baltimore Colts. He played five seasons with them from 1967 to 1971 and was a member of the Baltimore team that won Super Bowl V against the Dallas Cowboys. Perkins then went on to coach, starting out as an assistant with Mississippi State in 1973. He then went to the NFL and was an assistant coach with the New England Patriots and the San Diego Chargers before becoming the head coach of the New York Giants from 1979 to 1982. He returned to the college ranks where he was the head coach of Alabama from 1983 to 1986. Perkins returned to the NFL once again and became the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 1987 to 1990. It was in 1992 he became the head coach at Arkansas State. He was back in the NFL <laughs> as an assistant coach after that from 93 to 2000 with the Patriots, uh, the Oakland Raiders, and the Cleveland Browns. Perkins finished his coaching career in Mississippi as the head coach at Jones County Junior College in 2012 and in 2013 and at Oak Grove High School from 2014 to 2017 goodness gracious this guy coached just about <laughs> he was, everywhere he was everywhere he was college he was nfl then he was back to college and he was back to nfl uh then he was junior college high school the guy was just born to be a coach and uh, a long career and our condolences go out to uh, all the families of, of those who've passed away okay we do have some birthdays to talk about today uh, beginning with a trio of pro football hall of famers Birthdays for today, December 9th, linebacker Dick Butkus turns 78 years old today. He played his college football at Illinois and played nine NFL seasons, all with the Chicago Bears from 1965 to 1973. I saw that that special on ESPN, or not ESPN, NFL Network, where he and Gail Sayers, uh, they featured both of them, and Neither one of them ever played in a playoff game. The mm. Bears were that bad during their times there. They had great careers, but neither one of them played in a playoff game. Uh, too bad. Um, but Butkus was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1979. Another Hall of Famer, defensive end Deacon Jones, born on this day in 1938. He passed away in 2013 at the age of 74. He played his college football at, at South Carolina State and had 14 NFL seasons with the L.A. Rams, the San Diego Chargers, and the Washington Redskins between 1961 and 1974. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1980. And our third Hall of Famer, tackle Duke Slater, born on this date in 1898. He died in 1966 at the age of 67. He played his college football at Iowa and spent 11 seasons in the early years of the NFL from 1922 to 1931. He was with three different teams, the Milwaukee Badgers, the Rock Island Independents, and the Chicago Cardinals. And he was a member of this year's Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2020. Another birthday I ran across a little while ago, defensive end Al Bubba Baker turned 64 years old today. He played his college football at Colorado State and spent 13 seasons in the NFL. I remember him best. His first five years were the Detroit Lions. He went on to the St. Louis Cardinals, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Cleveland Browns in a career that spanned 1978 to 1990. 
I was there on December 9th of 1978 when, uh, during his rookie season, they uh, they celebrated his birthday during a game against the Vikings. I have a picture of the scoreboard that showed a big cake and it said, Happy Birthday Bubba on it. So I have a little bit of a connection to that. Uh, on this date, in 1934, the NFL Championship game, also known as the Sneakers game, was played. The New York Giants beat the Chicago Bears 30-13. to uh, The Giants changed into sneakers at halftime because of the icy conditions, and they just couldn't get any traction with their, with their cleats. And so they scored 27 unanswered points in the second half, actually in the fourth quarter of the game, to win that game. And so it was known as the Sneakers Game. Also on this date in 1949, the All-America Football Conference and the NFL officially merged, which brought three of their AAFC teams into the NFL, the Baltimore Colts, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Cleveland Browns. Also on this date in 1956, five CFL players were among 62 people who died in a plane crash in Canada. Four members of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and one from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were returning from the second annual East-West All-Star Game in Vancouver when the plane went down. So a bit of a tragedy up there. Uh, that's all the stuff for today. Um, anything on your phone before we go on to our history lesson no, this week? nothing breaking. Okay, this week we, uh, we have our two-minute history lesson that concerns NFL games that were played on Wednesdays just like the one last Wednesday. Last week, the Pittsburgh Steelers hosted the Baltimore Ravens in a game that kicked off at 3.40 in the afternoon on a Wednesday. The game was originally scheduled to be played in prime time on Thanksgiving, but a number of positive COVID-19 tests of Baltimore players caused the game to be rescheduled three times. It was first moved to Sunday, then to Tuesday night, and finally to Wednesday afternoon. The Steelers won the game 19-14 to remain the only undefeated team in the NFL this season at 11-0. Prior to that game, the NFL played a Wednesday night game on September 5, 2012. The defending NFL champion New York Giants hosted the Dallas Cowboys in the league's season opener. The game was originally scheduled to be played the next day on Thursday night, but the league moved it up a day to avoid a conflict with President Barack Obama, who was scheduled to give a speech at the Democratic National Convention that night. The Cowboys won the game 24-17. Before that, you have to go back to 1948 to find another Wednesday NFL game. The Los Angeles Rams hosted the Detroit Lions on Wednesday, September 22nd. The Rams won 44-7. But the real story of this game was the fact that the Rams debuted their new helmets that were painted blue with yellow Rams horns on them. They became the first team in NFL history to put a logo on their helmet, and they became an instant hit with fans. L.A. halfback Fred Gerke, an art major in college, came up with the idea and personally hand-painted all 75 team helmets. There was a time when Wednesday games were somewhat common in the NFL. In 1933, the NFL's Pittsburgh Pirates, the forerunners to today's Pittsburgh Steelers, played their first four home games on Wednesday nights. This was because of restrictive blue laws in Pennsylvania that did not allow games to be played on Sundays. Pittsburgh played a total of 10 Wednesday night games between 1933 and 1936. 
The Detroit Lions also played 13 Wednesday night games between 1930 and 1948, including when they were the Portsmouth Spartans from 1930 to 1933. The NFL's first night game was also played on a Wednesday night in 1929. The Providence Steamroller hosted the Chicago Cardinals on November 6th. Heavy rains over the weekend made their home field a mess, so the game was moved to a minor league baseball park that had just installed lights. They also painted the football white so players and fans could see it better. Providence won 16 to nothing. While Wednesday NFL games are rare today, they were once very common and hold a special place in the league's early years. I think after all this craziness, you know, thanks to COVID, we've had an NFL game on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we will have some Saturday games yep. coming up. So Friday's getting yeah. a little lonely. Friday might be, <laughs> you know, we might have to get some games shuffled to a Friday say we've had a game every night of the week. Yeah. That'd yeah. be crazy. That could possibly happen, you know. When when they had the first Tuesday night game this season, we said that there would probably be another one before the season yeah. was over with. And there could be another one. Who knows? We, we didn't even foresee maybe a Wednesday game. We thought yeah. that was out of the question. Yeah, like Tuesday night might be. You know, I mean, or, or did we think it was out of the question? I don't know. At this point, nothing's out of the question. I don't think question. we even thought about Wednesday. We just knew that you know Tuesday night was probably another possibility. Right. Just okay. pure craziness. Yeah. All right, let's go on to our predictions. Uh, last week, week 13, you had an impressive ten and five record, Thank and I you. was Thank you. right behind you with a nine and six record. So far uh, this season, you have uh, a record of one fifteen and seventy seven. I'm two games behind you at one seventeen and me. seventy. Or I'm sorry, ahead of you um, with one seventeen and seventy five. So let's get into our picks for week fourteen in the NFL. Who's going to start this week? Um. Well, as I. I'm ill-prepared, and I'm firing <laughs> up the spreadsheet right. Oh, nope, that's not that right spreadsheet. Uh, normally, this is already pulled up for me. Sorry. Um, da, 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 there we go. Sorry, that's terrible radio. Um, week 14 gets kicked off on, wow, tomorrow night already. Yeah. The New England Patriots. I'm wondering if that – well, I guess those two teams weren't affected by all the shuffles. The New England Patriots will travel to Los Angeles to play the Rams. This should be a very interesting game. Yep. Uh, the Patriots are starting to turn a corner, I think. That defense is getting a little better. But those Los Angeles Rams are starting to hum, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, I don't know where to go with this one. It's in L.A. <sighs> I'm going to take the Rams. Yep, I'm going to take the Rams. They did me good last week. Okay. Uh, I have selected New England to Ooh, take that game. So right, right from the start. The yep. Let's see if this trend continues as we go into the Sunday slate of games as the Minnesota Vikings travel down to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers, who are just now coming off of a bye. So who do you got? I'm going with Tampa Bay in that game. Really? They're at home. Tom Brady's at home. Yeah, the Vikings, no, no thanks. Uh, I am going to take the Vikings. Really? I think the Vikings... Uh, I don't know what it is about them. They're a scrappy team. Yeah, they're 6-6. Six and six. they just got a lot of good weapons. Uh, if anything, it's going to be another close game for them. Uh, I just think Tampa Bay is so up and down. They, you know, I just I feel like the Vikings might be the team. 
All right, the next one, the Arizona Cardinals traveled to New York to play the Hot Giants. How about that? They've won four straight, remember? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take the Cardinals on the road. I love me some Kyler Murray, and not just because he's my fantasy quarterback, and I need him to help me win this playoff <laughs> game this week. I was, I really went back and forth on this one. I normally would have gone with the Giants at home, and I probably should have, but I wrote down Arizona, so okay. that's who I'm going to go with, Arizona. Okay, both agreeing on that. How about this one? I'm sure we'll get an agreement on this. The Kansas City Chiefs travel down to Miami to play the Dolphins. Of course, the stadium where they won their Super Bowl, so it'll be like a home game to them. <laughs> who do you got? Give me Kansas City all day. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> betting ever against Patrick Mahomes. Uh Unless he's playing up against Aaron Rodgers, and I might have to question it. Hmm. Uh, the Tennessee Titans travel to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. I'm going to take the Titans to win on the road. The Jaguars only got one win this season, everybody. Uh, Titans are looking to bounce back. Yeah, give me Tennessee also. Uh, Jacksonville, just doesn't it? even if they're at home, I don't think they have it this year. Now this game, the game everybody will be talking about, I'm sure. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys travel to Cincinnati to play the Bungles, yes, they're the Bungles again. Uh, who do you got? Give me Cincinnati, the home team, to really? beat those Cowboys. Really, I yes. just don't see it. I'm going to take the Cowboys. Nah, you're wrong on that. One. Uh, well, we'll see when uh, <laughs> we check the results next week. Yeah, we will. The Houston Texans travel to Chicago to play the Bears, and I'm going to take the Texans because <laughs> the Bears have lost six straight. Uh, Houston has got some weapons, even though they lost their uh, big receiver uh, from suspension. Give me the Texans. Yeah, I'm going with the Texans also. The Bears lost to the Lions last week. They're not going to recover from that Mm. in one week. It's going to take them a while to get over that one. So I think they're still going to be shell-shocked going into that game against Houston. We'll see the next game. The Denver Broncos (laughs) travel to Carolina to play a refreshed Carolina Panthers, also off of a bye this week. Who do you got? Give me Carolina. Yeah, I'm feeling the Panthers as well. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater should be, you know, healed up. The Panthers off of a bye. And the Broncos, you know, after that tough loss to the Patriots, but the, I mean, not the Patriots, the Chiefs, they played the Chiefs close for the most part. So, but I think Carolina at home takes it. Uh, next game, the New York Jets travel to Seattle to play the Seahawks. I can only see the Seahawks winning this game as it looks like the Jets are trying to tank. Well. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm taking Seattle also. Okay, I was gonna say, if, if this game were in New York, I would I would give the Jets maybe a, an even shot to win this game. They've come so close so many times. They're going to win a game before the end of the season. I don't think they're going to go 0 16. But time is running out, and uh, I just don't think it's going to be this week. So yeah, I'm taking Seattle. Again. And just remember, the Jets did trade Jamal Adams to the Seahawks. Expect Jamal Adams to have a big game this week. <laughs> okay. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. Travel to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. This should be a very interesting game. Mm-hmm. Both of these teams, we never know which version is going to show up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you're a betting man, Randy, who are you taking? I'm going with Indianapolis in that game. Okay. Even though they're on the road, give me Indianapolis. I'm going to take the Raiders at home. As much as I like the Colts, uh, the Raiders with that last-second win last week, I think you know that does a lot for a team, you know, and John Gruden's going to have his team at home prepared to play. I don't think they're going to get embarrassed again like they did uh, last week uh, where they only scored six points. I don't see that happening again. So, Raiders. Okay. Okay, the football team travels to San Francisco to play the 49ers. This should be an interesting game. And I'll tell you what, 
I'm feeling it. I'm taking football team. Give me Washington. Uh, this game is going to be played in Phoenix, is it not? It is. Okay. Because it's still within that three-week yeah. uh, quarantine period. Or uh, You know what? After after uh, the game the other night uh, where Washington beat Pittsburgh, I'm on the Washington bandwagon. bandwagon. So give me Washington. I'll take wow. them also. Wow. All right. The New Orleans Saints travel to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Who do you have in this one? New Orleans. Yeah, I, I feel like this is the Saints game to lose, mm-hmm. especially with rookie quarterback Jalen Hurts getting his first start. The Atlanta Falcons travel into L.A. to play the Chargers. Give me the Falcons to win on the road. Hmm. Well, after following the Lions for so many years, uh, I know for a fact that once a team is out of playoff contention, they start playing like Super Bowl winners. So give me the Chargers in that game. Interesting. Speaking of your Super Bowl winner, Detroit Lions, uh, <laughs> Green Bay comes to Detroit this week. How confident are you? Well, originally I was going to say Green Bay, but oh no, you know me. I'm taking Detroit. Oh, no. I, I think that Daryl Bevel uh, influence is going to affect the team, and they're going to come out and surprise people and beat Green Bay like they should. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, and I almost <laughs> went along with that same exact logic of thinking. <laughs> But when you heard me say it, it sounded stupid, didn't it? It really did. You know, you hear that voice in your head, and you're like, that doesn't sound completely dumb. Then the minute somebody else says the completely dumb thing, you're like, yeah, that's completely dumb. Adam's taking the Packers. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Buffalo to play the Bills. This should be the real game. Well, actually, these next two should be the games of the week, and that's why this one is Sunday Night Football. The Steelers, Buffalo, oh, I'm having a hard time between this one. But I think the deciding factor... The Red Hot Buffalo Bills, and they're at home. Give me them all day to make the Steelers drop two straight. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills in this one. Uh, They're at home. Uh, Pittsburgh is kind of uh, in shock from the other night, and uh, I don't know if Tomlin can can get them back on the road quick enough to, uh, to win this game, so give me the Bills. All right, and then our Monday night football game, the game of the week probably. The Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson traveled to Cleveland to play Baker Mayfield and them Cleveland Browns, them Red Hot Browns. Who do you got? I'm taking the Browns. Baker Mayfield at home on Monday night. That team's going to be pumped. That city's going to be pumped. Give me the Browns. I hear everything you're saying. (laughs) But between those two quarterbacks, who's the one who performs under the lights better? It's Mr. Lamar Jackson. Give me the Ravens to beat the Browns. Okay. As much as I think, like, hey, the Browns have done a lot of good stuff this year, yeah. and I, I ain't knocking them. Yeah. For this game, I think the Ravens will take it. Hmm. All right, that's it. That's the picks. All right. We'll get together next week and see just how right or wrong we were once again. Uh, lastly, our upcoming events calendar. December 12th this weekend, the 121st Army-Navy game to be played at West Point. Army leads that series 61-52 to with seven ties. December 20th, the college football playoff selection show where we'll know those four teams. That's not that far away anymore. It's like right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, so I know. They kept talking about it. I'm just like, we're not in December yet. It doesn't yeah. feel like December. It doesn't yeah. look like December. It's, thank goodness. But tomorrow's December 10th, so it's only 10 days, 11 days from today. Yeah, it's just, it's just crazy how... Yeah, how things have gone. Yeah, it's just nuts. Now here we are. All of a sudden, we're about to. Yeah, we're 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 ten days away from crowning 
the playoff team. It's right. completely crazy. Personally, I think it's going to be the four that have been at the top of the rankings. I suspect for the last. Couple I of suspect weeks. there's going to be some craziness. I think there's going to be some revenge between Notre Dame and Clemson. Yeah, and I think Florida might upset the balance and sneak its way into the playoffs and knock Ohio State out by beating Alabama. Well, it depends on what happens in those conference title games. Yes, I think know. that's where it's going to be at, and I will be glued to the television for those. I am yeah. ready. Yeah, those conference title games, they're like an extra week of playoffs. Oh, so, they're I so mean, good. Yeah. I mean, every week in college football is pretty much like a playoff game. Right. Uh, like Shoot, just watching that BYU game against Coastal Carolina yeah. felt like a playoff game. Yeah. That last Notre Dame Clemson game felt like a crazy playoff game. So... I'm I'm all for it. When college football is this good, there is not much better. As much as I love the NFL, yeah, college football gets pretty intense. Yep. All right. On December 24th, the Heisman finalists are going to be announced, and then on January 1st, it's the college semifinal playoff games, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, and then January 5th, the Heisman Trophy presentation will be taking place virtually online this year. January 11th. The College Football National Championship game will be played in Miami. And on February 7th, it's Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. All these games are subject to change, (laughs) change in date, change in teams. Oh, my God. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple weeks. We're getting so close to the the end of the line, but, oh, my gosh. COVID may throw everybody for a loop here. I mean, COVID threw Nostradamus for a loop, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, how come he never predicted that, huh? I bet you he did. Well, I don't know. Probably guess it every year. <laughs> I mean, blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while, right? Uh, yeah. Broken clocks right twice a day. <laughs> Whatever the third analogy would be. Yeah, I can't think of one. Yeah, I think there's only All right. two. <laughs> Any, anything else uh, before we wrap up today's show? Only that you guys really should stick around oh, to Randy's please. chagrin. I'm not going to let this go. I'm making sure it gets into the end of the episode. I hope he doesn't delete it. Uh, it's just a quick three-second blip of greatness that we will forever appreciate. So it's, stick around to the end, everybody. It's going to be uh, terrible. <laughs> all right, that's all the time we've got for this week. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook by clicking that stupid button that looks like a thumbs up. You can also follow our Twitter which is at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Tuesday, except for this week. Whenever there's a Tuesday night football game, just know that we will talk about it the next day. Yep. Uh, we are also available on many platforms, which include SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So please subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation. We enjoy it. Come over. <laughs> And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody loves more football than us. Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in and around the world of football. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And I'm in the Fantasy League playoffs for the first time since I started this league up. I'm very excited. Nobody cares. Well, everybody should care about the bit that's about to come up. So, (sighs) See you all next week. Bye, everybody. Enjoy this clip. It's wonderful, it's sure to come my way. That's an old 60s song by some girl artist, I don't know.